Hey, welcome back. It's time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Taking a look at all the uh, all the toys that are going to be under the tree this year for all our uh, good marketers here from uh, the man who plays Santa every year, Matt Hines. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Hey, I was going to ask you a trick question. Are you ready for a trick question since we're entering sure. the holiday season? Sure. I know I know it's Thanksgiving first, but I'm going to jump right to Christmas here. Somebody was asking me if you can name all the Santa's reindeer. Um, ask, ask you that, or ask one you ask me that. <laughs> uh, I got I got Connor, Cupid, Comet, Vixen, Rudolph. I don't know. I'm trying, trying to play the song in my head now. Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's here's the trick part of it. In the original Night Before Christmas, Rudolph was not included. He was only added later when Burl Ives sang a song here. So. Oh, Rudolph is absolutely included. You can't have reindeer without Rudolph. You can't. <laughs> you couldn't navigate through the fog. It's possible. I understand, but you know, your your guest I'm asked kidding. me to ask you that question here. I just you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of our guests, I, th- I think I sent you this, Paul. We have um, we continue to to grow our, our listenership here on Sales Pipeline Radio, and thanks everyone for joining us. I want to give a special shout out to Davey, who is a regular listener to Sales Pipeline Radio, and Paul. He sent me he sent me a screenshot of his calendar, and <laughs> on Thursdays at eleven thirty Pacific on his calendar, he has it. The, the title of the the meeting request is "Grab Your Board." And that is, <laughs> there that, you go. See, that is all you. That's <laughs> so all that. Cool. All right. Well, good. <laughs> well, thank you, Davey, for that. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. We're so happy to be here with all y'all. We are here live every Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. And thank you for joining us in the middle of your workday. If you're joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, for those of you joining us on the podcast, uh, we can be found anywhere to find podcasts are sold uh, or made available for free, which is more likely the case. Uh, if you're getting charged for this podcast, please let me know. That's probably not the not supposed to happen. Uh, I've been yeah, charging lately. I've been charging. Yeah. I got a secret back channel. I'm making money off of these here. That's terrible. Uh, well, appreciate everyone joining us. And if you like what you hear today, if you like what you've heard so far, make sure you subscribe. We appreciate it very much. And you can hear every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future at salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing every week on the show. Today is absolutely no different. Very excited to have with us today, Bethany Fagan. She is the content marketing manager for PandaDoc. Bethany, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. So we have two choices. We can either focus today on uh, Mountaineer football, uh, or we could talk about sales <laughs> process and sales strategy. Which, which, what's your pick? Well, you know, both are, are, are tough. I mean, and both of my favorite subjects. I mean, I'm, I'm actually heading to Morgantown this weekend to see the game, so I'm super excited. Um, I haven't been back in a couple of years, so I'm, I'm so pumped to hopefully watch us crush Oklahoma State, but, but we'll see. Well, I mean, so I know that, you know, like all of us who are college football fans who have alumni we're rooting for, we go up and down with the team, with our teams, you know, everybody has their lulls, everyone has their highs. One thing I'd love for you to describe before we get into our topic today is as a West Virginia fan, uh, please describe to the rest of the country what a pepperoni roll is. <laughs> um, I guess you could call it a mashup between like a hot pocket and a calzone. I guess, okay. like, but it, but it's not, but you could eat it hot or cold. I don't know. I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't a fan of them when I was in college, but I mean, I they were definitely all the rage in West Virginia. So, yeah, I know. So I got a, I got a buddy who also went to West Virginia and then I, you know, he never told me about it, but then I was reading an article a couple of years ago about, 
uh, pepperoni rolls. And I mentioned it to him and he's like, how do you like, cause it's not necessarily something you see a lot around the country. It's like, how did you find out about pepperoni rolls? So yeah, but apparently quite the, uh, where, you know, Iowa State has their bush lights. Uh, um, West Virginia has pepperoni rolls and moonshine, is what I understand. We, yeah, exactly. We have pepperoni rolls and moonshine. That's so true. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, we can talk more about college football. Let's talk a little bit about sales strategy. Uh, I'm very excited to have you join us today. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I am a PandaDot customer and a very happy one. But I think wanted to have you on today to some templates as part of the sales process. And I think sometimes... You know, but I think those can be perceived as uh, perhaps less exciting parts of the process. It's not as exciting as the creative. It's not as exciting as let's go make more dials or, you know, figure out how to get reps to, you know, to, to engage with our prospects, to engage with our reps. But, you know, process and systems are the backbone of successful, predictable, scalable sales organizations. Talk a little bit about what you guys have seen on that and, and sort of how important process and templates have been for you. Yeah, I mean, it's the bread and butter of why Panadoc exists, right? I mean, um, I'm sure if you guys have, have heard from our my CEO, Makita, you know, he talked a while ago about why he founded, founded Panadoc. You know, he had an agency. He found it very cumbersome to and time-consuming to create sales proposals or any kind of just client-facing document. Um, and he knew that there had to be a better way to kind of streamline the process and streamline the creation process. And also without requiring a lot of resources and heavy lifting from anyone but himself. You know, I think um, salespeople move a mile a minute. They have to keep deals moving forward. And in order to do that, just templates and processes and any kind of tools to make that, that a little bit easier, um, I think they see just a, a better productivity, um, potentially increasing close rates, and potentially more revenue from it. Well, you know, one example I usually give when we talk about sort of the importance of having sort of templates and tools in some cases is, you know, they, they're, you know, in sales, you tend to have unique conversations with prospects in every case. Every prospect's a little different, their situation, their culture, but there's a lot more similarities in the engagements that we have with prospects and people give it credit for. There's a lot more similarities in terms of the questions we get, the follow-ups that happen. And so if you have reps writing their own emails and write, and you've got six reps across the sales force writing the same email six different ways, six different times every single day, and I'm not even really exaggerating. I mean, that happens in a large sales organization. I mean, if nothing else, like that speaks to the impact that having some templates can have. Even if you take a template and then do some customization to it, that is going to not only be faster, more efficient, but also likely more successful because there's an assumption that template was built on some level of best practice or successful implementation before, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we experienced this recently. We did an ebook with HubSpot on um, just 20 plus uh, sales templates. And we covered everything from, um, you know, qualifying questions to um, sales email templates, and then of course proposals and then contracts and invoicing templates too. And I think one of the bigger wins that we experienced was once we kind of templatized some of our email templates, um, we used some examples from HubSpot. And then we also used some of our own just best practices and kind of testing and um, trying things that were working and didn't work. So over about seven weeks, I think we tried, I forget how many templates it was, but it was about 10,000 emails. So that speaks to your point of refs just sending out a ton of emails every single day. Um, mm. By just perfecting our sales email templates, we were able to see an, a 10% increase in opens, about 90% increase in response rate, and I think it generated about $15,000 more in revenue for us just by perfecting our email templates and that process around emailing prospects. 
You know, I mentioned before we were talking here today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Bethany Fagan. She's the content marketing manager at PandaDoc, and we are a PandaDoc customer. I think one of the reasons we initially started with PandaDoc was we wanted to improve the look and feel of our um, of our proposals. We'd been using basically Word documents, Word templates beforehand, and so we wanted something that would add a little better level of professionalism. And I think that you know what we got in, in addition to that is having some consistency of what we produce, right? I mean, I think, you know, when we had just saved versions of Word docs in a bunch of different places, they were all a little different. So you may, go, you may have made some edits to one, um, but then those edits may not make it to the next one if you pull the wrong template the next time. Um, talk a little bit about what the, how, why it's so important to have kind of a content library, you know, whether you're using Datadoc or whether you're just, you know, sort of creating a systematic way to, to implement templates and tools in your organization. You know, what are some best practices for having a content template that can people know where it is and they can pull from to, to ensure consistency of those materials? Yeah, you hit on it already, Matt. I think it's, um, especially when you're a growing organization and you have a lot of sales reps on the team, um, you know, there are people who join the team and then get promoted or leave the team or then you have or onboarding new sales reps. And I think where sales teams struggle is just having a central repository of where they can go and store content. Um, you know, I think there's some tools out there that, that do a decent job of it, but you want to have a, a central location of a tool that, um, they're already using and um, have that in one place so that's easy for everybody to find. Um, like you mentioned, um, one rep may have one version and then missed an email from, let's say, legal that there was a new version and forgot to save that. And then what if they go back and use that old version and then the, the red line process takes longer because it turns out they were using the incorrect contract or the incorrect proposal. So I think you get what I'm saying. It's, it's super important to make sure that there is one location where everybody can go to, um, and also all of the other teams within the organization has access to so that they can update the relevant content with the most up-to-date you know, piece of uh, whether it's an agreement or whether it's a photo, an image, or even kind of a, a what I call a logo soup of like current customers that they can cite in a uh, proposal, let's just say. First time I think I've heard the term logo soup on sales pipeline, but I think I like that a lot. Um, I've always no, called right. it that as a marketer. I don't even know where I got it, but it was just, you know, I know reps always ask me for like, hey, what are logos that I can use on a consistent basis? And I guess I've, I've just kind of coined that term myself. So I you're it. welcome, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, you mentioned the, um, the, the ebook you guys put together with, um, uh, with HubSpot on the, with, you know, that's a collection of templates. Talk a little about sort of where that came from and, you know, how did you decide what templates to put in that ebook? I would imagine there's an awful lot of different places you could go, but what were some of the priorities or some of the most requested templates that, that made it in there? Yeah. So um, we've here at PandaDoc, uh, we've really built a nice um, robust template library. Um, and I think that's really helped us drive kind of an inbound marketing in it, uh, engine for us. Um, if you go to our website, panadoc.com slash templates, we have templates from, you know, wedding planning proposals to, you know, a W9 form that you can kind of fill out on your own and, and use. And um, HubSpot is also known for being um, inbound driven, but also, you know, just having uh, a better process around, um, you know, marketing automation. So we got together. We knew that we wanted to cover the end-to-end -end sales process. So um, we took a look at, some sales templates that they have towards the, the top of the funnel, and then we kind of looked at our best performing templates towards the bottom of the funnel um, on our end and kind of pulled from there and said, okay, well, 
we're willing to put this proposal quote and contract template in and then we would love your guys's help for as far as lead gen type uh, questions to ask to make sure that people are qualifying leads correctly um, you know they're masters of email so what kind of successes have they seen from a an, an email template standpoint not only at the beginning but then following up with on on sales deals and things so we really tried to play on each other's strengths, uh, you know, throughout the entire sales cycle to, to come up with those 20-plus templates that we featured. Love it. I want to talk a little more about that when we get back to the break. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be more back here with more with Bethany Fagan. She's the content marketing manager for PandaDoc, talking about templates, talking about process. Might talk a little tater top pork chop, too. We'll see. We'll be right back on Sales <laughs> Pipeline Radio. Sales teams, is your website helping you turn prospects into customers? Because Intercom thinks it should be. Intercom makes that little chat bubble in the corner of a website. That's their messenger. But it's so much more than that. The Intercom messenger is designed for businesses to jump on customer intent in the moment. It connects you when you're there or automatically books meetings and captures data on leads when you're away. You'll sell more, more efficiently. Like Intercom user Elegant Themes. They added the Intercom messenger to their site and now convert 25% of their leads to paid subscriptions through live chat. Just having the messenger spark valuable customer conversations that elegant themes might not have had otherwise. That's Intercom's whole deal, connecting you with customers while they're on your website with timely, personal insights. Because when customers have a great experience, it's great for business too. Help your website help you land more customers, then see everything else Intercom can do. Go to intercom.com deals today. That's intercom com And we head back to uh, Matt and his guest. And before we go there, i got to remind everybody that uh, for you true Mountaineer fans out there, we do do a show here on the Funnel Radio Network with West Virginia University's School of Online Data Marketing Communications. We do it every morning here. A couple, couple of shows I, before yours. There you go. Right, you tune I, I in. did not know that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. No, I think, uh, and we don't get very many... Awesome. Um, we don't get as many West, you know, West Virginia uh, alum on the show. Now we have uh, it's becoming just a thematic uh, uh, thing here. You know, before we keep going here, Bethany, I mentioned uh, people are wondering what the heck are we going to is this going to turn into a food show in addition to a college football show? <laughs> uh, I'm referencing, of course, your dogs, Tater Top and Pork Chop. Um, I, and I hadn't had a chance to ask you this before, but I guess I'll do it live on Funnel Media, Media Radio. Um, where did you come up with those names? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they're French Bulldogs, and I feel like, I mean, anybody who knows that breed knows that they, I think they just are better served with a uh, a food kind of name, but honestly, I wanted to name, we got Tater Tot first, and um, my husband and I were talking, I was like, I want to name him something maybe French, you know, Pierre, Remy, and then we, we picked him up, and we're in the car driving back to our place, and um, he's just asleep in my lap, and I'm like, you know what, he's just, he looks golden brown like a Tater Tot. And I still wasn't even sold on his name. And then just the days after, my husband kept calling him Tater Tot. And I was like, okay, I guess this dog's name is Tater Tot. And that's, that's how he got his name. That is so good. The, then, uh, um, the people that live in front of us, uh, they have, a, they have a, dog, a rescue dog. His name is Boss. And we just get to call him Boss. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> dog names can be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to talk a little more about this uh, this ebook you guys did with with HubSpot because I think it's it, it really is worth checking out. I think you can um, you can just go to pandadoc.com. I know you can get a copy there. But I think this and we talked earlier before the break about sort of the prioritization of the type of content in there. And what I liked, what I also liked about it is that this isn't just you guys like making up content. Like you, you actually pulled best practices from a number of companies that have been successfully implementing 
uh, better templates and proposals, proposal tools. Talk, talk a little bit about, you know, how you chose the companies that were featured here and, and sort of what were some of the criteria to select those that were doing it so well? Yeah, I think um, for us, as we've had, um, we've tried and tested a bunch of different sales tools. And, and I think, honestly, it's just what we've used and seen success with within our own tech stack. Um, you know, we we have success with SalesLoft. We knew that they were a very big leader in, in emails and automating, you know, outreach emails. Uh, so we they have some great data on successes around that. So we knew that was a no-brainer. Um, you know, HubSpot, obviously, um, they're a leader in, you know, marketing automation. And they're not only are they a partner of ours, we integrate with them. Um, so that was an easy choice. Um, I think also it's just... Um, following uh, companies on social media and those who are positioning themselves as thought leaders. Um, I think we're seeing this this shift of everybody wants to know what everybody's secret sauce is. And for us, we have no problem sharing that. You know, we want to share our sales success with with everyone else and and those who are willing to do the same kind of make it easy for us to partner with them. Why, why, why are templates and, and, and template uh, sort of uh, tools like this such an important thing for marketers to invest in as well? I think people may look at this and think, okay, this is, this is an operations requirement. This is a sales priority. Why, why should a marketing manager in a B2B company prioritize improving templates and consistency of tools and sales documents? I mean, for me, my personal opinion is I've always viewed my job as a marketer um, as Sales, I mean, obviously, our customers are our number one customers, but I also kind of look at sales as my number one customer, being a marketer, um, and I want to support them and help them be as successful as, as they possibly can. And I've just found that when I enable them to, to do their jobs more efficiently and a little bit better, the happier our sales team is, and I think that makes just the, the sales marketing relationship a little bit better for the entire organization. Yeah, I would agree. And talk a little bit about sort of like how you guys sort of drink your own champagne on this as well. Like how does how does the marketing team and the sales team operate together at PandaDoc to sort of really sort of leverage what you guys teach others to do and, and talk about the kind of impact that's had? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's definitely changed and evolved over the four years that I've been with the, the company. But I think, um, you know, we we love using our own tool and we've actually made strides within the product team. I know recently, for example, I had one of our product managers in Minsk reach out to me because we're looking to improve our editor and improve the content library and how marketers build content um, there to, to put for the sales team. So it was really great that we're kind of opening, um, we're using our own champions and our own experts internally to help build the product and make the product better for everybody else. So um, I think we've we've definitely done a good job not only bridging the gap between sales and marketing, but also bridging the gap between product sales and marketing, um, especially given we have our, our office in Minsk, and that's where a majority of the, the product team sits. So it's always hard for them to hear sales conversations and be in the day-to-day of kind of what marketing is doing and what sales is doing. And that's why we built the tool to improve, you know, both of the lives of marketers and salespeople. So um, it's definitely been fun to kind of, see the, the product team develop and, and kind of put together some product managers for each core functions of our product and really kind of use our own internal resources to just, just make PandaDoc that much better. Love it. We've got just a few more minutes here with Bethany Fagan, the content marketing manager for PandaDoc. And I guess switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about kind of your role and the impact that's had. I think, you know, you're as someone who's focused on content development and sort of driving sort of engagement and attention from your customers and prospects. Um, 
you've got a lot of competition. There's a, you know, literally thousands of other companies that are trying to get the attention of people that are buying sales and marketing tools. What are some things that, that you have learned that sort of help you, you know, stand out some things that you might recommend other content managers, content marketers as they head into 2020 sort of take a look at and leverage as well. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, my role. I, I had first started um, as a partner marketing manager, and I was working with a lot of our integration partners to do some co-marketing ac activities. And what's funny is I then went through this transition of, um, you know, kind of playing this marketer but business development type role. And it's kind of, hey, let's do a webinar. Let's do, um, you know, a, uh, a, a podcast or let's just even do a blog swap. And, and some people were very hesitant to do that to kind of, I think, share lists and that sort of thing. But now as a content marketer, I feel like it's come back full circle. Now you see more people wanting to partner up and wanting to share leads and wanting to kind of share knowledge on, um, you know, the subject that they share a similar audience with. So that's kind of where I've seen the biggest shift is, is kind of, folks and marketers not really wanting to do that to now wanting to do that because it's it's just the more the more you know and the more wealth you can share, I think the more that you can nurture and grow your leads to, to turn them into customers. Um, that's kind of where I've, I've I've found it funny that I went from a partner marketing role and then this content role, but it's pretty much kind of stayed the same in a way. Um, well, everything, really everything light touches is content, right? And, I, and I'm, and I'm yeah. curious as well, you know, related to that, you know, in a previous role, you know, you were managing both content and PR. And I think that, you know, some people see those as very closely related. Some people see them as church and state. Um, how do you think about sort of the, the integration or the similarities and differences between so what some people think is content marketing today and sort of traditional PR? It's funny. I went to Inbound this year, and um, I think there was a lot of conversations around how PR can benefit content and, and vice versa. Um, and then how a lot of people are also starting these these content repositories or these kind of almost, um, I guess you would call them like a, a journalistic type of website, right, where it's, you're just putting a bunch of content on one page and kind of turning yourself into a, a New York Times, if you will, where you're just feeding content and, and pushing content in front of your, your audience and who you're looking to grab the attention of. So um, I think that it's, we're actually working on a few other new pieces of content that I think will help us in the PR world. You know, we want to start to kind of dig into our customer data and start to really report on how sales teams are benefiting from using the product, which is, of course, big PR, right? It's, it's kind of getting us in front of um, the audience and, you know, uh, showing customers and showing prospects like, hey, we do actually know what we're talking about. We've seen, you know, when people adopt PandaDoc or adopt a tool like a software proposal solution, they can double the amount of deals they do, or they can save this amount of time in their day. I think anytime you can kind of give somebody um, snippets of information, whether it's from a PR piece or just a content piece, you're providing value either way. So to me, they're, they're kind of one and the same. Well, Paul, it sounds like we might need to improve in, increase the Mountaineer presence on, uh, on, uh, on the Funnel <laughs> Media Radio Network with Perhaps a, a Panda Doc radio show. Not that I'm putting uh, Bethany on the spot for that, but I think, uh, I think I she seems like a natural here. She day. seems a natural. Oh, she seems well. open to the idea of uh, continuing the conversation. <laughs> well, we won't put her on the I'm spot always, for that, but I think uh, okay. we just, just last question here for our guest today. Thanks again for joining us, Bethany. We will put a link to the, uh, the book of templates up on the notes for this podcast. The last question I want to get in front of you. You know, as you think about your career so far and some of the people that have influenced you, some of the people that have really sort of helped you along the way, they could be managers 
authors, speakers, professors, who are some people that have really had a big impact on you that you might recommend other people check out as well? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, it's actually probably somebody who's not well known at all, but I used to actually sell apartments in Philadelphia. And I had a manager, her name was Maria. And she was very hard on me, but she taught me one very valuable lesson, which I still practice today, which is never assume anything. I think a lot of people are always embarrassed to learn more or embarrassed to ask questions or, um, you know, embarrassed to go after something. And instead, they just kind of assume things and then get a little flustered and, and kind of get out of out of whack. But she's always taught me to never assume anything, always learn more, always ask questions, and always kind of just be on the horizon for, like, you know, the next biggest, baddest thing you could possibly learn. So um, she's kind of the one who I, I kind of keep in the back of my mind. Oh, such a great, great addition. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again to our guest, Bethany Fagan. If you want to learn more about Panda Doc, check out Panda doc.doc.com uh, check out the book they have on uh, t- sales templates you can also check out the panda doc paperless blog highly recommend both those resources we are out of time we're gonna be back next week actually next week uh, is gonna be thanksgiving day we will not be broadcasting live on thanksgiving day uh but if you uh if you're bored if you need a little break from the family you can check us out at salespipelineradio.com we got 185 plus past episodes up there for you to check out We'll be here again the beginning of December and work through the end of the year. Uh, looking forward to it. But uh, for today, my name is Matt Hines. I'm producer, on behalf of our great producer, Paul, this is Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along in the Sales Pipeline right here on Funnel Radio Network. For at work listeners like you, 